Hey guys, we are back for episode 11 of the Blazing Cards podcast, and today we are joined by Raphael Nevin? Nevin? Nevin. Nevin. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah. Okay. Um, Cool. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. No worries. Um, Do you mind just starting off uh, letting people know who you are and maybe listing your accomplishments? Um, Sure, yeah. So I am... uh from the Netherlands in, uh, in Europe. And um, uh, I travel a lot to, I've traveled a lot to America uh, for Yu-Gi-Oh! So I think some of the Americans probably know me. Um, my accomplishments, like the most noteworthy, I think are the, the YCS in Chicago I won and the YCS in Prague I won. And uh, I also represented my country at the World Championship uh, last year. Um, and I have like 12 other YCS or European Championship uh, tops. Wow, so. that's awesome. How, how'd you do um, at Worlds that year? Oh, I, I didn't do very well. I went two free. Um, yeah, that's I, what I went yeah. to. Worlds, Worlds was crazy. All my opponents had like two, at least two wins. And uh, like, yeah, Worlds, like the experience was amazing, but the tournament was. Um, yeah, I, 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 it was my first time at Rolls. There were definitely things I would do different now, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the preparation. But it's such a different, like, uh, experience. Like, it's, it's basically, like, a local. It's just, like, all your opponents have, like, insane accomplishments. But basically, like, it's a local, which means, like, if you, you have to basically go X1 to even have a chance of, like, going through. X2 is, like, very based on tiebreakers, which are already very scary. Um, and just like the entire atmosphere of the tournament is like, it's, it's crazy compared to, it's nothing like I've I'd ever like experienced. It's, it's in a, it's like in a very, it's in a smaller room than a YCS, of course. Mm-hmm. It's, it's completely silent. You don't hear anything. Uh, they're like, like almost for every table, there should like a judge as well. So, um, yeah, there was just a lot of like. <laughs> just a lot of things that distracted me as well like because it was so uh it was my first time so everything was like i was very impressed by everything uh so if i were ever to like be able to go again there's definitely i've definitely like learned a lot from my girls experience that's for sure yeah what how, how would you change your your preparation um i think and this is something that my friend uh darren in 2018 also like struggled with is mm-hmm. that if you practice for worlds like so between like the european championship or the nawcq depending on where you are and worlds most of the time there is an entire month between that mm. which means you have so it's great to have that much time to test but it's also dangerous i would say because um if you have that much time to prepare for one event I feel like at least where we're at, where, what I struggled with is that um, you go in circles with your testing. So mm-hmm. uh, for for example, in 2018, like you would think, okay, the best deck is Goki. And then you're going to test Goki and test against Goki. And then you're going to think like, oh, we need to find a counter to Goki. And then what happened at that, at that Worlds was that most <laughs> most people who would, would like qualify for Worlds with Goki would play like something like Alter Guys to counter Goki. Mm. And then play something, uh, play a deck that's so par, um, 
even though like you can just play the best deck, but you're afraid of everyone playing that, so you want to counter it. So in my year, it was obvious that not necessarily the best deck, but like the, the deck that that had like um, the best like it didn't was it wasn't hit that much was Salamangre, but I wanted to avoid playing five Salamangre mirrors, so I tried desperately to come up with something else. Uh, and my friends and I, like, we, we got to, like, a Crusadia kind of, um, like, very aggressive going second deck that would always be Salamangrade. And I ended up losing against Thunder Dragon. So, stuff mm. like that. Because you have so much time, um, and you go in, like, circles with your testing. Like, you try, uh, first we try to, to counter Salamangrade, and then we, we come up with stuff like that. But in hindsight, I would have just much rather played Salamangrade. And then just counter it, like tweak it in the main and side deck for the mirror. Yeah, that would have been much safer in the hindsight. But hindsight is, of course, very easy. Like it could have gone the other way around as well. And because it's only five rounds in Swiss, it's also very like RNG based on what you play. Um, Wait, what was that? So, you said it's very R RNG. What? So like the matchups. Like uh, I played against two Thunder Dragons, and I think there mm -hmm. were only four or five, maybe six in the total of the tournament. Uh, because it's such a small, like, so even even if you know the best deck for the event is Goki, for example, there are only 24 participants or 30, 30 participants or something. Uh, like, it's not like a YCS that you can think, okay, I play 11 or 12 rounds, six, seven or eight of those are going to be Skyscraker because this is the best deck. Like, it's so, there's so much more like variance in, in mm -hmm. involved in roles, uh, at least in my opinion, which is like something that's just it's hard. It's just harder to deal with. It's like it's, it's, like I said, it's very different in in how you prepare for it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely like learned a lot from it. That's for sure. Yeah, it seems like it seems like you'll be back there because uh, everyone's naming you top I hope players. So. I hope so. Yeah. Also, like going like, well, like with a not well, not a record that I really. Wanted like I really want to like redeem that and like go back one more time and just have a better result. Yeah, but, yeah. I know. I always wanted that too. Um, yeah. How did you get into Yu-Gi-Oh? How long have you been playing? How How did you start playing? Uh, I started playing like semi-competitively, 2012. Like my first tournament was a was like a format with Gear just came out. Um. You had like Insector, Elemental Hero, Chaos Dragon, stuff like that. Um, I got into Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, like way before though. Like I, I knew like what it was from like the anime and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't really allowed to watch that for my parents. But um, <laughs> uh, so a few years like later, I, I, I got leukemia. And um, mm. um, I'm so sorry my to hear that. Well, it's fine now. Like I, I can, I'm completely like clean and stuff. But uh, at the time, uh, I was really into Pokemon, and uh, I I ordered my dad to like get some Pokemon cards for me. I was in the hospital back then, um, mm. and uh, like my parents just well, they got the wrong card game. Basically, they they took some Yu-Gi-Oh cards with them, and. Um, well, I did at that point. I didn't know that was still a thing. I felt like like Yu-Gi-Oh was died out because like I I knew it from like primary school, but that's it. 
So I, I, I rediscovered the game at that point and I was like, oh, this is still a thing. That's really cool. I think that was around like 20, 2008, 2009 or something. And mm-hmm. uh, eventually, like a few years later, when I, I was eventually cured and stuff, um, I, I looked ar- like around my, my local like uh, car game shop, which I, I didn't expect them to host Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments at all. But they had locals, and that's how I like rolled into the game again. Um, gotcha. Yeah. So, and from that point, I, I I tried to convince all my family members to take me to like YCSs and stuff because mm-hmm. I was a minor. I was like 14, 15. Oh wow. So I couldn't travel by my own. So I, I had to like beg my my grandfather to like Aww. take me to like Madrid, for example, and then promise that we would visit like at least three museums. <laughs> and like an opera and something, if I could also go to the YCS. So <laughs> that's literally how I like, yeah. That's awesome. So um, were you ready? When you started traveling, you were pretty young. Were, were you competitive at that point or were you not doing too well at the tournament? Well, no, I, I mean, <laughs> I like to think I was competitive, but of course I wasn't. Like I, I, I sucked back then, absolutely. I think yeah. my first YCS was 2013. In, in Leipzig and I went oh 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 three and I was yeah like I said it was my first YCS I didn't even I didn't even have a real deck like I had a I, I barely had sleeves on my deck you know like I was just That's a little hilarious. kid <laughs> yeah wow. but I did, You're ambitious. Like, I did already, well I, I did get hooked even though like I, I was not a real contender or something I, I was hooked at the first second like when I stepped into that venue and saw all these people mm. uh I was like, this is something I want to be part of, and I want to go as many to as many of these as possible, mm. and uh, that's what I did for like a few years before I even got like remotely decent. Wow. Um, yeah. And so, how how did you become so good? What was the process like? What was the journey? Um, maybe there are things that other people can kind of take away uh, and help them get better. So my first in my first years, like it was just a matter of like just going to all the events and keep going to them, even though I didn't never like from 2013, like the entire year, I never talked anything remotely decent or that or mm-hmm. something that's impressive. Like only stuff in my own country, you know, like nationals. I won a national championship, but that's like a glorified wow. regional, basically. Really? Um, How many people were at that national? That's that was less than 100 people. Like the Dutch nationals oh, was wow. very small. Um, yeah, it got bigger over time, but when I won, it was very small. So, but to me, as a 15 year old, that was huge, you know? Yeah. Uh, I got my, and I got my first free trip to the European Championship. Otherwise, you would never have gone there. Um, so, like, remotely, I got to like bigger events, but I, like, I never like did very well at them. Um, so I went to, to those events for like two years without like doing well. And then, I taught my first YCS in like the shadow format with like burning a business stuff in 2014. Mm-hmm. And um, at that point, I was very relieved because I was like, I got close a couple of times to YCS top and it was really something like a goal that I was didn't like seem to be able to hit. And uh, then I got top and then I got kind of like trapped into thinking that I was good when I really, I wasn't like at all. Um, but that mindset did like prevent me from doing well for like an entire year like the entirety of 2015 i didn't do anything again like i took nationals and stuff but nothing like 
YCS or above. So, and that was really because I just fuck, I felt like, oh, I got this YCS talk. I'm one of the better players in my country. Goals achieved. It stops here. Like I, I got my, mm-hmm. you know, go mm-hmm. to my yeah, you reach your goal and uh, yeah so like i definitely like got a bit trapped oh. into like something i was decent i'm sorry i think you might be covering your speaker is it better now yep great all right okay um and then uh like i think my break came at 2016 when i randomly like out of the blue top eight the european championship so mm. that's one that's that's one match like from worlds basically um and then i got adopted by this uh this this, this team called complexity card gaming which what's it called complexity card gaming okay okay which at the time was definitely like the best team in europe like without a doubt they had like joshua schmidt marcelo barberi like every like insane player from europe was basically part of that so for me to be asked by that team was like huge like that that was something i i'd never dare to like dream that would happen so um and basically from there on like i because i was like working together with the people that were so much better than me um (laughs) i saw like a lot of improvements very fast like i uh from the moment i went to that team like I topped two watches in a row, which when before I didn't top for an entire year. So stuff like that. Um, I got to like learn how you like, like, like deck building wise, like fearing, like, um, like basically everything you need to know, like started with, with entering that team. Uh, so yeah, I definitely owe a lot to, to, to the people that were in that team back then mm-hmm. for sure. So for somebody who doesn't have like um, those teammates right now, cause it seems like, there's a big barrier of like entry where it's like you have to get your top before you go onto a good team or before like these big players will kind of take you in. Um, yeah. Could you share a little bit of like what they taught you? You said they taught you like deck theorying. Um, what, what is that? How would you explain that? It seems like everybody kind of has a different um, definition and process of what well, that is. For them. So first of all, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a team. Um. So like if you have a group of friends who have the same goal as you and have the same dedication as you, so they want to put in the same amount of time, you don't really need the team. Like you don't need to wear the same shirt. Mm-hmm. Like that is completely relevant, but you need to have a group of people with the same mindset and the same goals. Um, that's, that's what you need. Um, and then you basically... <laughs> I mean, it always works if there is something like that that's like miles ahead of you that that like helps you. But that's like you say, it's very hard to find. That. I was just very lucky that I had those people around me. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you don't have access to that immediately, then people on your on the same level, as long as you like, if you really have the same goal and you have the if you want to put in the same amount, because like getting good in this game or in any game or in anything in life. Just it takes amount the amount of time you put in is one of the biggest factors I feel. Like that's why I felt like 2019 was my best year ever because I was just playing Yu-Gi-Oh all the time. Mm. Like every weekend I had a regional because I needed to grind for rolls points. So if the yeah, if the time you put in 
of course you have to like use that time effectively as well but it's the time you put in and you have more people that do the same thing around you mm -hmm. then i think you're making like steps very fast well if you do anything everything on your own because you don't have the people around you like to, if you have to figure everything yourself out yourself then of course it's gonna like take a long time or you won't get there at all um yeah, it's, it's, it's rough though. Like if you are in an area without, like if you, if you have locals that are not very competitive if, or you don't have friends mm -hmm. that are playing this game at the level you want to play, it's it's rough, but you should, you should probably like, yeah, reach out on like social media or I don't know. It's, it's just rough. Like you, yeah. but on the other <laughs> hand, going to events really helps with this because if you keep going to events, you will encounter the same people eventually right you will yeah. see the same faces over and over again from those people who go to every event which means mm -hmm. they probably see themselves as competitive which means they might they probably have the same mindset as you and therefore you if you hook up with them i mean if you chill with them if you maybe next time you can get a you can get dinner together get the hotel like if you, you can create their own friend group like that if you maybe you can share a car to a regional or whatever uh Going to events, that was just the key for me as well. Like, I went to every event I could go to, even though I didn't do particularly well at most of them. But I got to, like, learn the faces, the names. Uh, one of the guys from Complexity Car Gaming, when, when I was not in it yet, like 2014, 2015, we're talking about, all Payengen. At, at this time, we're talking about, he was, like, one of the best players in Europe. He won two YCs and stuff like that. He, we were just talking on Facebook and I knew him from like German tournaments and from mm. YCSs and I was, just, I was like, I was nobody at this time and he was a two-time YCS. We just talked and uh, he sh shared some lists with me. Um, I could like ask him questions about this just because, yeah, we, we just like, we just became friends basically mm -hmm. and I was no, nowhere near his level. So you can like find these connections and that's basically what i what keeps me going at this point in the game is the connections with people mm -hmm. um yeah you can get there but it will, it will take time um yeah i think the key is just to go to like a lot of events um yeah that's basically my answer um so can you can you explain a little bit about what you do when you're theorying with your with your friends or your teammates or just by yourself well, yeah, so I definitely, like, the, the last years, I, I felt like that playtesting is less relevant than theorying. Uh, when you go over a deck or you go over strategies that hmm. um, that you don't actually have to play out everything. Like, most of the things you can probably just uh, figure out by just talking about it, uh, going over multiple options. This is where um, where stuff like DB or Yu-Gi-Oh! Scope also really come into play. Like when you have a, a certain deck that's kind of standardized, but you're looking for like specific things to get an edge. Uh, you can use like the search functions. Like you, you for example, like uh, because you can search on such specific things, you can go over like every Earth spellcaster, pendulum monster, and see if you, there's anything that that can help you in like the pendulum FTK that you're building or something. This is about 2018 where we're like looking into like pendulum FTK, for example. 
mm. stuff like that. Like, just like a lot of um, things you can just think about without actually having to play that, play it out, stuff like that. Um, so I feel playtesting is, is still like very important, but depending on the player as well, it's 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 less relevant than actual theory. Like you, you don't really need to, like just having a group chat that's active with people putting in input, like sharing lists, talking about lists is, is like probably way more important than the hours that you put in actually like playing. Hmm. Like you still have to play, of course, especially like for, I, I feel for me, I do need to like play more than, um, well, some of my friends are like, they, they will just get it like sooner and they don't really have to play it out that much. But I do feel like I want to like play every scenario, but if, if you have an active chat or something, you don't really have to like, uh, most of the theory will like just come naturally to you and it's just important that that you like engage in a lot of like discussions um also like what i'm what i figured is like if you you and that's something like for me it's kind of hard sometimes because i'm a, like i'm a bit like stubborn like that but if you you should always be in the position to like be able to change your opinion on something <laughs> and don't be too proud to like say Okay, you know you're you're right. Yeah, this this my idea actually sucks. That, mm -hmm. that your version of deck is actually better. And then not not uh, like that like you would always like net deck your friends, which I <laughs> I have done like quite a lot in the in the past, and it has worked out for me. So I I didn't really get punished for it. But um, yeah. So like, don't like stuck like stick to your deck just because you want to stick to your to your like tech or your like theory. And like not wanting to discuss your 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 teammates or your your friends his, his ideas just because like it's his idea, because why would you like you want to play the, the the stuff that's most optimal? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's like theory wise what I have to say about it. Like, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that's cool. That's a interesting tidbit where like basically to be a top player. And maintain being a top player, you need to sacrifice your ego. Where I feel like most people would think that top oh, players absolutely. have an ego. I also don't think there's anything like net decking, like I don't think there's anything like morally wrong about it. Like people can be very proud and say, like, I don't uh, net deck at all, like I make everything uh original, but there are like some parts about like most of met most meta decks, like they are the way they are because they work. And of course, you should never like just take the list for granted from like an event and go like, okay, this is what I played because then you're behind and you want to be like ahead of the curve, like ahead of like the meta and not behind it. So you mm -hmm. do need to innovate, but you do want to look at like every event and every list that comes out, not to like necessarily like copy paste it, but to take information from it, from it because that's because it works, so that must mean something, right? So you must learn from it. So if you like completely close yourself off for like from from every event, uh, like every result and every list, because you don't want like religiously religiously don't want a net deck, uh, you're just gonna like hurt yourself with that in the long sure. run. Like it doesn't make any sense to like like be like that. Uh, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um, how do you recommend? You mentioned like staying ahead of the meta. Uh, 
I assume as a top player, that's something you do. How do you, what's your process for kind of trying to stay ahead of the meta and um, just having that advantage? I mean, uh, so like, yeah, staying ahead is like, it's, it's like, of course, what the hardest thing in, in something like this, especially now with like uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Scope and like, Every list getting out of the out of the internet as soon as the event ends, like this, it's very hard to like keep stuff secret. And uh, as soon as it's out, like you basically need to like counter whatever you played at the event. Um, so that's the hardest thing in this game, especially now. Um, I don't see for okay. There we go. Um, trying to think like how I can answer that like what I do personally is just I try to get as much information as possible try to like uh know kind of what everyone wants to play what what they're like thinking about uh especially like this is I don't really like playing on dueling book but just playing a lot on or or, or just watching duels or just like talking with people on on DB is like uh, you do get a very good insight in what people are playing, like what the general public is playing. Uh, and even though I really don't like playing on the platform, especially rated, I think is awful. It does help in, in like shaping like a, a, a good like example of what people are playing in, in the, in the mm -hmm. current format. Uh, I think a lot better than random lists from regionals or something. So that's something I try to do. And then of course, at, at what I just said already is like when events happen and, and results come in, you don't want to take those results and just copy paste them, but you want to try and like counter them mm. for the next event because you're going to expect that most people are going to copy paste them. I see. That's, that's, that's definitely, um, it sounds really easy, a, a but it, it, it's, it's hard because like, yeah, go ahead and counter something that's already like doing really well but that's basically in a nutshell what you should try to do mm -hmm. cool um yeah that's really interesting what what do you think of the new ban list and the um, the current format i guess the court format as it's being played uh, like online since there's no events right i'm not the best one to ask because i don't really like playing online like i right now i don't play a lot of Yu -Gi -Oh. i don't i'm there are no events so for me there's no point to play uh, mm. I played last last format because I had the the remote dual invitational, and I'm glad that like most toxic things got addressed. Um, thinking of like Dragon Buster Sword and like smoke grenades stuff like that shouldn't be in the game. Of course, I missed a couple of things like um, VFD and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, the, I think the format is fine. It's it's a lot better than last format. Let, let me rephrase that. Like without like link cross and stuff, it's it's a lot better. Uh, I don't really care because like there are no events. I do think like uh, like the decks like virtual world like Zodiac is decent. Um, like uh, the Dryton deck is pretty cool and it's not like super toxic, overpowered or something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's definitely a fine format. I wish we had events because then I would be really hyped to play them. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's what, just that's just for me. Like I I yeah, I need events to like actually play. Yeah. What are, What are you doing with all your time if you're not doing um, Yu Gi Oh? Uh, 
well, yeah, I, I, I went back to, like, I, uh, I have university, which I'm finally, like, for the first time in years doing something, like, I, I'm a bit more serious, like, <laughs> studying and stuff. Sure. Uh, I, I started, like, a bit of vending, so I started, like, just, like buying and selling uh, cars. Cool. Um, yeah, that's basically it, like, watching some Netflix, like, stuff like that. So, like, <laughs> playing some warzone no like yeah but like um yeah like I, I i try to play like an lcs and stuff and i think it's really cool that we have those options to mm-hmm. play competitive Yu-Gi-Oh. it's just not for me i i just don't yeah. like online Yu-Gi-Oh. i only play online and, and i play a lot online to prepare for an ill real in real life event gotcha that's the, How- that's the only reason i would like play online how much so, preparation time do you say you you put in before an event? Oh, a lot. Like definitely, like yeah, I I would like start weeks in advance, just like starting to theory with my friends about like okay, what this event could have these and these kind of decks. And then usually there are like a couple of meta decks, and we in the first couple of weeks we try to like find, uh, well, but we test both the meta decks. But I would also like try and like find something completely different that counter to it. Sometimes there isn't any. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the last week for the event I always try to like know what I'm gonna play before I get on the plane but it happens like more like it happened more than once that I would like have on the Saturday morning I would stand in like the queue for the deck list registration with two completely different deck lists wow like it, yeah like I think in uh London, I had like a Sky Striker list and an Orcus list in the same line. And I was I was just like almost at the judge that would check the list. And I was just like telling people in the queue, no, you can go uh, before me. I just have to think about what I'm playing was because I had two deck lists and I didn't know what to play. And that's yeah. something I would never like. Yeah, but that's very bad. Like you should not like. Yeah. yeah, but like when. So that's the thing. Like if you start really early with, prepare, uh, with preparing and you have like friends that are playing uh, X amount of deck and the others playing desktop deck and you worked on both and you think like both of these lists are very good. I don't know which one. <laughs> so yeah, but uh, yeah, now I, I try to make a rule for myself and, and like before I get on the plane, I know what I'm playing. And then the annoying thing is that you get on the plane on like first day and then you arrive at the venue on Friday and then that's Friday you start talking to everyone. Because you're like, hey, how are you doing? And you start to, uh, up talking about what they're playing. And then you're going to doubt yourself. Oh, shit, they're playing this. Oh, shit, they're playing this in their orcas deck. You know, and then you start doubting, doubting your st- your own. St- and then you Friday night, you, you're in your hotel room. Uh, you're sitting on your bed with all your cards, like, spread out. And you're thinking, what am I playing? <laughs> this happens, like, almost every event for me. Like, really? Yep, yep, absolutely, well, yeah. Sometimes it worked out, and sometimes it went horrible. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. have you ever made um, like made some decisions that you regret then, like those last minute decisions? Oh, definitely. Like, so for example, like with Danger FTK, I played two different Danger. So like the first Danger FTK I played was in London. Um, I found out about the deck on like the first day. Um, and Friday I got all the cards in the venue. Friday night I tested the deck for the first time. I registered it, uh, got top 16. Good, oh. good good, weekend. The next event was Weiss's Milan. Uh, I played the Slash Draw Danger FTK deck. Once again, got the cards on Friday. Friday night, I tested the deck for the first time. 
and I went like free free drop. Mm. It can go both ways like that. If you yeah. don't, if you don't if you, if you prepare for it, like you prepare you test every deck because of course it doesn't work if you know, don't know anything about the rest of the format. You still have to know every other deck and mm. matchups. But if you know like about like everything about every deck, you know the matchups and stuff, and you pick a, a deck you've never played on a Friday, <laughs> that's like so good that you think like okay this gives me an edge even though I I have never touched it. And that with both the danger decks, I did have that feeling, and one time it worked out, and one time it didn't. Uh, yeah, you can be rewarded. You can also just not be. With the Lunalite deck, I played at Chicago. Uh, I started playing that on like. The first day, I like on the plane, and Vlad like explained all the combos to me on Friday. Well, and that was like an insane deck, and I won with that. And you won. So, yeah, yeah it can go both ways like that. Um, I'm actually kind of like upset about how many times I just learned a deck on like the first day and the Friday, and actually like played <laughs> that. Like, even though like I do test a lot before events. It's just because I'm not not sure on like what because I tested everything and then like everything is kind of decent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's just uh, something personally. That's kind of kind of. But yeah, I do like test a lot for events. Um, do you do you recommend testing like every deck just so you know even if you know you're not playing well, the deck, it, so you know the combo yeah the, yeah yeah definitely. Like I think it's very useful to know as, at least like so at least you should read all the cards first of all like. I can't like say this enough. Uh, you shouldn't, if your opponent plays like a meta deck or even a semi-meta deck, and he and he activates a card, you should try to never have to ask what does that do, because mm-hmm. you're in such a disadvantage, and your opponent is all like I am always. If people ask me what my cards do, I'm like, okay, this is gonna be so easy because I will just go like, here you go, you can read it. Yeah. And they will just at the spot have to think about like what I'm gonna do against this. So yeah. you should never have to like ask. Oh, okay, if your if your opponent plays like Flower Guardian or something, then sure, I I would not know like from the top of my head with all those cards. Sure, you can read those. But if your opponent plays Meta or or something that counters Meta, like if he plays Subterra, you should know what the cards do. Sure. So that's one. And then two is, of course, like, I would always try to play at least a couple of games with or matches with all everything. Just so you kind of know what, what you know. So you know what the cards do, but you also want to know what this deck tries to accomplish. Because if you know that, then you can, like, recognize, like, the choke points. Especially against combo decks, it's very important. Because you need to know when to use your interruptions and your hand traps. Mm-hmm. Because if you do them, if you have to figure that out on the spot, then you're gonna like never do that right. Like I, I played uh, at this UDS in Tulsa. Uh, I played on the Friday. I was just kind of trying to like play for fun a bit. Uh, so this was uh, like a win event or something. And I played against Shumping. He was playing his Dragonling deck, uh, which eventually he won the event with that. And uh, I played Salamangri, and I had like we were going to like game two or game three, I think. And I had like three different hand traps, but I had never played against his deck because no one knew what the Dragon Link with like the, the Boral st- stuff did. Like that was the first time someone actually did well with that. So I did not use my hand traps on the correct time. Mm. And in hindsight, I could have won that match easily if I just knew what that stuff did. Well, wow. 
So I, I made misplays with my hand traps because I didn't know what the deck does. And therefore I lost. So mm -hmm. um, it does like, it's really important that you know, especially against combo decks, where the choke points of every deck are, like is. Um, because otherwise, yeah, if you have to like think of that on the spot, then yeah, it's never going to work out for you. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, 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 no one said that before. That's a good, good point to um, play test with everything, just so you know exactly how each deck works and its ins and outs, so you know to counter it better. Um, do you have a, a favorite format ever? Um, so I like 2014, which was like, um, this was a format you could basically play every, anything you wanted. Like you could play Mermail, like Infernity, Giria, Bujin, Matolshe. Like this was like, mm. and I wasn't very good at that point. I didn't do particularly well at anything except Nationals, but I really enjoyed that format. Um, and then I think the other format I really liked was like the Orcus format, like around YCS, uh, Gantt, um, Niagara Falls, Texas, uh, which was like Salomon Great Orca Sky Striker. Um, kind of up to up to the point that we got Orca Sky Striker, because th that deck like with Orcus and Sky Striker was a bit ridiculous. At that point, it was like the best deck, and you could not. You well, know, you could play other stuff, but you didn't really want to. But like before yeah. that, just like Orcus as a separate deck, Sky Striker as a separate deck, Salomon Great, and then you had like. Orcus variants like Cyber Orcus and stuff like that. I really enjoyed that one. I think that one was pretty cool as well. Um, yeah, you had like Luna Light Orcus. Yeah, so many different versions. So that was also like, one of my favorites, I think. But yeah, I'm not very uh, like holding on to like a, a certain format. Like I think oh, Goat Control was the best form or something. No, nothing like that. I don't. Yeah. I play every format. And uh, some I don't enjoy. Like, I really didn't enjoy, like, Goki as full power with, like, Summon Sork and stuff like that. I've, that. That one was pretty bad, I think. Um, uh, Lost Forward was pretty bad. Like, with, with, like no, not Lost One, but the one before, like, with Adam Emancipator and, and, and Synchro Outlitch. Like, I didn't think that one was very good as well. Uh, yeah. What would your one piece of advice be? that you think would help people get better? Uh, well, I'm just going to repeat myself. I think the best, the, the most important thing is to just go to as many events as possible because the experience you get from that, outside of mm -hmm. like, it's fun to like see people, etc. cetera. Uh, the experience you get from playing at, at higher level tournaments is just like, it's the most important thing I think to like grow as a player, um, especially for, if you like start out. Uh, this would help me the most. Like if you play only at your locals and online, you're never gonna experience. Like you have to experience certain things to like learn them. Especially, you have to know like, how uh, like judge calls work, and like you have to know how to like play under pressure when when time is called on the round and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like stuff like that. It's just like you can't learn that from like at home playing with friends or playing on db and stuff like you need to like actually play events to get that um so that's definitely what i would do um, okay that makes sense yeah oh, what's your favorite part about playing Yu-Gi-Oh? well definitely the 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 people like the the, the social mm -hmm. aspect of it 
Um, that's definitely what kept me going and what what's this is why I don't like playing Yu-Gi-Oh! at this part right now, because that's the part that's missing. And that's the only part that's that's really important to me at this point. Like I like a few years back I, I was definitely like, oh, I want to do well and I I really don't care about much else. Uh but that definitely changed, especially this year with like corona and stuff. Like I definitely like look very different to this game than I did before the, the pandemic. And now I'm I'm definitely like realized how big part the social aspect for me like was or mm-hmm. is. So that's definitely for me personally the the, the thing that keeps me going. Um, the traveling to like different like continents and like meeting friends at every event. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty common answer. A lot of people love the, the yeah, community like, and the yeah. friends that, that makes they sense, make. Right? Yeah. No. Absolutely. Who would your top five current players be? Or do you have a top Curry's... five current player list? Uh, Curry's a bit weird because like. I don't really keep up with like the. the I mean, the only events events we have like LCSs, and I wouldn't really make a top five on that because that those are, even though I do like that we have those, they, those are just hundred people events yeah. with the same people over and over again participating in them. Sure. So like, so top five from an events. Who was your top five from? So like uh, before the for like from the last point we had events. I would definitely say. Uh, uh, that's a good question. Um, definitely, uh, Paulo Conchavez from Brazil. Um, Joshua Schmidt, uh, Bowden, uh, Jesse. Uh, that's a hard question. I did not expect this question. I also, like, <laughs> I'm not sure about, like, yeah, you don't want to leave anybody off or anything. It, it's hard. But those are definitely the, the, the ones that come to mind if I look at the different continents. Um, Would you put yourself yeah. up there? Because a lot of people seem to put you up there. I don't like to put myself up there because I do think, like... Like, I... Especially when I talk to stuff about people like Paolo. Like, we talked a lot when we played together at the the Free versus Free in Peru. Um... I felt I learned a lot from him. Like, I felt like he was on another level, definitely. Uh, I have the same with Bone. Like, I, I, I talk to Bone a lot. For, I, I ask him for him for advice and stuff like that. So it, it does feel weird to say, like, yeah, I'm just as good as these people, right? Um, I do, like, sometimes feel flattered when people do put me up there. But I don't know. I, feel, I think it's weird to, like, say like that. Yeah. That I'm up there. Yeah. It, it does. Yeah. That's cool. Humble. Uh, well, it's, it's I would more see it as a goal to be up there. Like I try to like push myself towards that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, yeah, that's more like how I want to look at it. Gotcha. Uh, are there any rule changes that that you would make if if you could change a rule? In Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh. So I have a like weird relationship with the time rule. Like I for for a long time said like okay the time rule definitely needs to go. Um, now I'm not so sure, like, we, because, like, the issue was, like, events took too long, basically, definitely, mm-hmm. like, the events took way too long, and, like, overtime took way too long, we had, why is that we had, like, more than one hour overtime per round, which is just, of course, ridiculous, Crazy, yeah. so I do understand why this rule was implemented, but, you know, like, 
I still don't like it, like how it is right now, like the end of the phase, like it, it involves so much toxic and it involves so much like you can so like you have so many like um, stories about like people who maliciously like go to a certain phase to like get advantage like so I don't like that it ends with the phase. I would like it to end with like the turn at least so you can go into the mm -hmm. battle phase. But yeah, then again, maybe that takes too long or something. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they must have thought of that. But So I, I'm not really uh, super content with the time rule. But yeah, actually all their game rules, I'm not, I am. Uh, no, I don't really have. Oh, my fifth best player is definitely um, Luke Parks from the United Kingdom. So there we go. Oh, all right. Um, what is your favorite card of all time? My favorite card of all time. I don't really. I'm very. Yeah, sorry. I'm very boring, but I don't really. Oh no, no, not at all. Uh, very interesting. It Quite used to be Heavy Storm. I really like Heavy Storm. Yes. You know, like Heavy Storm. <laughs> yes. Uh, I usually like that one. Um, but yeah, no, I don't really have that. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Yeah. Heavy Storm is my favorite answer so far. So oh, okay, now there we'll you go. Pretend, yeah. We'll pretend Heavy Storm's your answer. Yeah, sure, sure. Heavy <laughs> I think that's that uh, one. Uh, cool. Uh, honestly, I think I'm kind of out of questions. Is there is there anything that uh, anything that hasn't come up that you wanted to to add? Um, no, not necessarily. No. Okay. Do Do you have any shout outs you want to give people who maybe have helped you along the way, or people, your friends? Oh yeah, like that? I I would like to give a shout out to uh, uh, Duelist Academy first of all. Um, so Patreon. Are you in the that, Patreon? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a coach on the, on the Patreon. Oh, you're a coach. So uh, okay. definitely, yeah, yeah. So definitely check that out uh, if you want. Like, like we have really good content. Uh, mm -hmm. We also have really talented coaches, uh, so that they can help you get a lot better at Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, I want to give a shout out to uh, Team uh, Jobber, uh, which is my sponsor. Um, I wanted to give and a shout out to uh, Le Con de Baron, which is a French store. You can check them out on Facebook and they sell really cool uh, OCG like sleeves and deck boxes and stuff like that. Cool. So that's also a, a really cool sponsor. I'm really glad they, uh, they sponsor me as well. So, um, yeah, that's sweet. That's a mandatory shout out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um perfect well yeah thank you uh this was this was great i i learned a lot i think a lot of people are gonna have a lot to take away from this hope so. interview. yeah i'm glad we can make it happen what time is it where you are it's like nine o'clock right oh yeah it's just nine o'clock yeah i look very tired I, my sleeping schedule is a bit uh all over the place but uh that's why i look so tired but yeah no it's it's fine it's nine o'clock so it's, it's it's easy yeah cool well thanks for making this work i appreciate it especially with the yeah the no, thank you everything. too yeah no worries I, I enjoyed it yeah and hey it was nice meeting you we haven't actually met in person but hopefully once yeah uh, i know right yeah yeah so when everything kind of gets back to normal are you gonna like travel to events again or yeah absolutely absolutely i will definitely be there um i'm excited to meet everybody and kind of um are you gonna like actually play again or because you are old school right you played like, I, way back in the day yeah, yeah. Um, good question. I'm kind of figuring that out myself. I want to learn how to play just because I think it'll help me, you know, add more value to the podcast and to the community. Um, yeah. So I definitely want to learn. I haven't uh, 
had someone teach me yet. Um, I was watching some DB Grinder. It was a little bit hard to follow everything. Oh, I like I uh, like him. He, he's 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 nice. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, um, I don't know if I'm gonna be playing or or what yet. I, I am gonna try and get booths at events too. Like we're we're not OTS yet, but once um right 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 once yeah. they open up um for, with COVID because we're in LA where it's like super shut down. But once that opens up. I'm going to run tournaments and get OTS and then hopefully be behind booths at events. But when I'm not, I might, I might play for fun too. Oh yeah. That's broken. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you are actually like really that hardcore into studying, it doesn't really matter if you play or not, you will be at events anyway. Yeah, so, exactly. I'll be yeah, that's meeting, cool. networking, everything. Um, yeah. So I, I look forward to meeting you. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll link up. Yeah, man. I, I hope it will be this year. Like I, Me I, too. I'm kind of scared that this will, that won't be, but that's really my, uh, my dream for 2021 is like definitely a, a, a event somewhere. I, yeah, no, I agree. I'm right there with you. I, I miss them. I was just, I just started traveling. It was nice. I was just getting to know everybody and, you know, it was fun. Part of the reason why I came back was to travel. So Yeah, um, because definitely like just, that's such a big part. Yeah. Like that's definitely what keeps me going. Like, especially when they have been like, that's why I like going to South America that much. Like I go to events those are my favorite kinds of events because they were just so exotic and like always at places yeah. I've never been before. Uh, America sometimes gets kind of boring, like especially Pasadena or like the fifth time or something, but uh, it's, it's great. Like the traveling is just great. Like, yeah. I, I'm not a fan of Pasadena either. I'm 30 minutes away from there. So yeah, nothing special like for me. Boring, right? yeah. yeah. But I agree. No, I'm looking forward to the ones on other continents and whatnot. And in Europe, I've only been to Europe twice. So I'm excited. Yeah, Europe is great. Like, yeah. Sweet. Well, yeah, thanks for taking the time and for making this work. Uh, I'm excited. I'll, I'll put it out this uh, Friday. No worries, man. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, sweet. Well, have a good night, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk soon. Okay, we will, man. All right, bye-bye.